Well, good morning, Freedom Center. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. How the roads? Everybody good? Are we missing anybody? Anybody know maybe we were missing because the roads weren't good? Good. We made it. That's good. So um, last week, um, my wife and I talked about what happened in 2020. And I know a lot of people, they kind of like the, the average attendance is like once, 1.6 times per month. And then we have our online people as well, which, by the way, good morning, live stream. Good to see you. I don't really look this heavy in person, so you should come here. The, the camera adds five pounds and three chins. But uh, we are, just give us a quick recap of what they missed last week. What, and I think, too, sometimes we've heard we fed the kids in Haiti, you know, but tell us some things we don't right. know about 2020. Right. So if you weren't here last week, we did announce the 2020 total. And it was six hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, seven hundred sixty-three and fifty-five cents, which is something to be celebrated. That's just. Can incredible. I say this too? That two years ago, the word "kingdom builders" had never been spoken from the platform, and now to see two years later, when we first came here, twenty-six, twenty-seven years ago, uh, twenty-six years starting our twenty-seventh year, the 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 average or the annual income was about a hundred thousand dollars. So that was, that was every dime. That was kids that went to camp. That was people that gave five bucks for snow plowing, whatever. So to have six and a half times the amount of money that was, was our general fund, I just, you just have no idea. And that, that's not money that came to, to pay for bills. That's the van, right? This was the gas. This is allowed us to go all over the world. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm just excited about it. <laughs> All right, so I'm not sure if they have these slides in any special order for me. So, okay, that the first one I'm going to cover, these are things that we did in 2020 that maybe you guys are not aware of. In 2020, we built the movie theater that's outside for our movie screen <laughs> church services. Um, that was part of Kingdom Builders, and it was quite a task. I have to tell you guys that we had this laser projector that had been for sale for years, yeah. No, not years, but two. Yeah, two, two years. Yeah. Which it should have sold very quickly, and I was getting so mad at God. I'm like, why aren't you selling this? We need this money. We need, and you know why? Because we needed it to be a blessing to the community. So um, that was part of Kingdom Builders. Also, we partnered with Eco, who created over 5,000 masks made for medical professions. I don't know if you guys can see that. I think I we're on barbecue. gifts for teachers right now. Yeah, we're on I, gifts for teachers right now. So um, they did <laughs> multiple things for teachers throughout the year. They partnered with Carlson's Greenhouse to deliver mums to all of the area teachers for, um, to just say thanks for all that they're doing. They also did a contest where you could nominate teachers. And uh, we picked three winners, and the three winners Eco took out to dinner at Andiamos just to encourage them, to build them up, and then we gave each one of them a um, Chromebook and everything, which was really huge for them because many of them are at home now trying to figure out how to do this virtual school. Um, we also partnered with CGC Water Treatment to deliver water to schools, which they are still doing, deliver, or letting us deliver water to schools, to Carriage Town Ministries, as well as um, some downtown Flint projects that we partner with Carrie Downs and her organization and everything. So that was stuff that's happening behind the scenes, as well as we were gifted cases of toilet paper that went with those boxes as well, which if you guys all know, toilet paper was and is again a hot commodity. So um, we were very thankful for all of that. And then we also partnered with Center of Hope, who, guys, they did almost 2,000 deliveries in partnership with Genesis uh, Sheriff's Department to families in need. 
2,000 deliveries, you deliveries. guys. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, they gave away almost a half a million pounds of food. Wow. Hey, they Bob, how's your back? Just out of curiosity, how's it doing? Is it good? <laughs> uh, they gave away over 100,000 diapers. They now have 62 moms in their mentoring program. <laughs> they gave coats, hats, boots, and gloves to over 700 people in the area. Delivered 320 Thanksgiving baskets, did Christmas for kids, and so much more. And when you guys sow into Kingdom Builders, that's the type of stuff that you guys get to help them provide, which I don't know if you guys know that or not. But Center of Hope is under pa Pastor Bob and Jen Strigulek, and they're a ministry of Freedom Center Church, as well as they are involved with 100 other organizations and churches in the surrounding area and everything. So it's pretty cool that we get to partner with them for all of that. Yeah. So those are just things you guys don't necessarily see all the time. It's awesome. And then also last week, we talked about a sermon. How many of you guys remember the three things from the sermon last week? Come on. I'm already having a bad day. Somebody help me out. Oh, don't, don't give it to him. We were talking, the first thing was, Moses, what's that in your hand? And it was a, a stick. And then it was a half a jar of Crisco. Okay, it's good. That's good. Oil's probably more biblical. And then the third thing was, you got you to gotta be as, as, what, as smart as a donkey. You did it. Good. Now, it's, it's strange that this section got it, and you guys are like looking like a donkey and a half a jar of Crisco over here. Like, I don't, I don't understand, right? So, uh, but really what we were talking about was, was what would God use? And as the vision was cast last week and kind of the, our, our core philosophy, what we, that was the first sermon I ever preached 26 years ago this month at Fenton Assembly of God that became the Freedom Center that's now Freedom Center Church. How many of you guys can even find the place anymore? We move it so often. Um, but but it, was, it was that thought of, of understanding what God is willing to do when we're willing to do what only we can do. God will do what only he can do when we're willing to do whatever he wants us to do with what he's given us. And that is simply called generosity. Generosity happens when we take a portion of what God has supplied to us and we use it to supply the needs of others. Matter of fact, read that with me. Well, you're right now, every voice, say it with me. Generosity happens when we, a portion of what has supplied to us and we use to supply the needs of others. The Bible actually calls this a virtue. Uh, you've probably heard that word, it's, you know, giving is a virtue, grace is a virtue. What, what, it, what the word virtue generally means when the Bible says it's a virtue is it's a supernatural power. In other words, naturally, we would not have been generous, but supernaturally we are. When, when Jesus tells us things like, you know, love your enemy, forgive people who've offended you and hurt you, these are all very counterintuitive things that he says. So when we do those things, it's evidence of God working in our life. It's a virtue. Scientists have shown that when we're generous, when we give, there's this wonderful chemical called oxytocin that's, that, you know, that creates trust and a warm feeling and all that kind of stuff. But there's only one problem with that whole thought that we are created to be generous, and that is no one's born that way. If you have children, say Amen. If you have grandchildren, don't say amen because they're perfect. But children, you would understand, right? Like, this is not an uncommon thought. It actually comes very naturally for a child to say mine, right? Matter of fact, we're, we're not very good at the beginning of giving away what we ourselves want more of. Of the first 100 words that a child learns, three of them almost universally are me, my, and mine, Right? And, and stop would be another one if you have older siblings, right? Stop. So, but even long before they have the ability to express themselves through words, they lack no ability to express themselves when their way is not what they get. So we actually have to be taught. And this is what we're talking about this morning. We actually have to be taught. And we have to believe those who teach us. We have to exercise for ourselves this, this grace of generosity. 
It, it does not come naturally to us. It's actually the evidence of supernatural intervention in our lives. And so we're going to begin today with, with the supernatural one. What did Jesus say about, about what happens to us, how, how one thing is better than another when it comes to generosity? Jesus said this, and it's quoted in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Jesus said, it is more blessed. It's a bigger blessing. There's an increase of blessing when we're the giver than when we are the receiver. But again, like a lot of stuff that Jesus says, this is counterintuitive because it doesn't make sense, right? I had 10, and then I gave one or two or five. Now I have less, and somebody else has something that I myself wanted, I valued, and now they have it, and I don't. How is that more blessed? How is it more blessed to be in a posture of forgiving or loving your enemy? I, I get, this doesn't make any sense until it does. And we have to begin that process of trusting the one who told us it was, and then for ourselves explore what he really meant. Does this make sense? Now, in our marriage, I was trained, I, you know, I got saved at a rock concert, went to an Assemblies of God church, but I went to something called Master's Commission, we call FCMA here a fabulous one-year discipleship, you know, and we have a four-month, and we've got a one-year, and it's very confusing, but talk to him because he knows everything, and the stuff he doesn't know, she knows, so talk to her. But, but they taught us to give. Now, when you're making $75 per month, which is the money I gave them that they now doled back to me, $75 per month, so I could buy underwear and shaving cream and, okay, I was too young, but no shaving cream, but underwear and deodorant and shampoo and stuff. Well, it's not hard to take $7.50 out of $75. Does that make sense? But we get married, now I'm making huge money because I'm a youth pastor in a small Assemblies of God church. I'm now making $12,000 a year. So from, 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 a, from $75 a month to $1,000 a month, and I go to her and I say to her, hey, just make sure when you write the, the, the check to the church, it's $1,000, so you're going to write a $100 check on the first of the month when we get paid. And your reaction was, yes, I see that. The vision is in my heart if... No. Sarah called Abraham Lord? Is that what no. she said? Okay, good. No. I was not real happy. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, nope, we do $25 a week. That's what my parents did. That's what we do. And he's like... No, not, no. Actually, my parents did $25 a month. That a was month, there. yeah. Um, so I was like, you're 75 bucks over, bud. You better come back <laughs> a little bit. And he's like, nope, it's 100 And I said, so is this a one-time thing? And he said, no, this is every month. And I thought, you have lost your mind. And I was not very happy about it. I pouted every time I had to write that check. And I just would get so angry about it. So... And, and what's, what's funny is we were living uh, in a, what was an abandoned crack house apartment. We were, we were, there was only two apartments booked out of maybe 70 apartments because they, the government had shut them down because of the, like, like our apartment was one of the only ones they could rent because all the other ones had holes that went from apartment to apartment to apartment so that when one got raided, everybody could crawl through the holes behind the, the dresser and the other one jump out the back window. So, I mean, she was living high on the hog is what I'm trying to say. She should have been more generous than that. But, it, but it, takes, it takes time. So this, let me just share this with you because I would say now Dina is the most generous person I know. Her, her heart, somebody's calling me on Sunday morning. I got to see who this is. It's an unknown number from Flint. Should we answer it? No, it's probably a bill collector. That'd be embarrassing. I was, I was hoping it was my mom or something we could say hi. But anyway, the, the, the point of it is, is this, that, that faith that was in me because I was taught to do that and I'd seen it work and my needs were always met began her journey of faith. And, and really, that's what we're talking about today is not giving. It's not about money. It's about trust. It's about, it's about obedience, yes, but, but obedience because of trust, obedience because of relationships. So um, let me just explain to you this way. If uh, what we do, if what we do, we do because we trust God. 
let me just say it again. I'm going to be very careful. I'm going to get this as basic as I can make it. If what we do, we do because we trust God, everything's different than what we do when we don't trust God and we just do it. Um, when I go to Rome, which I never have, on vacation, I'd have a different experience in Rome as a tourist than when I go to Rome as a missionary because there's an expectation built on faith that when I get to Rome, God is going to meet me there with something to do. My expectation with the people I sit next to on the plane, my expectation with the person that's driving the cab, my expectation with the homeless guy sleeping on the street. When I'm on mission, when I go there by faith, my expectation changes because my investment, the seeds I'm planting are different than if I just took my money and went to Rome. Does that make sense? And you've experienced this too. Many people have said they go on mission trips, short-term mission trips, they come back and say, it's not the same. Why is that? It's like, it's not because you went to Cuba. It's not because you went to New York. It's not because you went to Flint. It's not because you went to Detroit. It's because when you went, you were giving something to God, and everything that's been given to God in faith lives under a different covenant, under a different paradigm than those things that we do on our own. So, for example, I have an uncle who, who I, I give to regularly. Uncle Urs is, uh, we all know him. His last name is spelled I-R-S. Um, and every April... Uncle Urs comes and says, do you have, what? and I'm going to give him a certain amount of money based on the percentage of what was given to me by the Lord throughout the course of that year. I mean, guess what I'm talking about. And I don't expect back from Uncle Urs what I expect back from Father God. Because what I give to God in faith lives under a different covenant than what I give to Uncle Urs. Can somebody say amen? Matter of fact, it's so different, in fact, that kings like David and Solomon, um, Oh, prophets like John the Baptist, uh, Jesus himself, apostles like Paul have all used the same phrase, and that's to teach us what we do in faith becomes more like a seed than like our hour, more like a seed than like our dollar, more like a seed than like our just regular words. And so the math kind of looks like this. If uh, paradigm number one, a dollar given outside of, of faith, outside of trust to Uncle Urs, I had 10 Uncle Urs came knocking. I gave him one. How many of you guys know he wants more than that? I gave him 2.6. I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> Uncle Urs came and wants 2.6. So at the end, I now have 7.4 left. That's the math. I had 10. Uncle Urs said, what do you have for me? And I gave into the, 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 the democracy of, of that. And I gave him my money. And now it's his money. And I... Still have potholes. So I'm happy about that, right? So 10 minus 1 equals what? Uh, nine. That's just a simple math of it. The second paradigm, though, is what I've been trying to describe to you, and that's the paradigm, too, is, is, is that of a seed. So if I give anything, if it's my time, if it's my words, if it's, if it's freezing cold water in a dunk tank, if it's, if it's a car that's shared, if it, whatever that is, when I, when I primarily do this unto the Lord because of a relationship that I have with him, it's not like a dollar anymore. It's not like an hour anymore. It's not like a dunk tank anymore. It's like a seed. So I had 10. I didn't give one. I planted one. It's true. I only have nine left. But that one that I've given away, that one that I've planted, now lives under a different set of circumstances. It's going through a process now. As it's been planted in good soil, it is now becoming 30, 60, or what the Bible calls even 100 times what was sown. There's this multiplication. So to put it another way, basic math says this. You can count the number of seeds in an apple. That's basic math. Kingdom math is you cannot tell the number of apples in a seed. They live under a different set of paradigms. That makes sense? Different circumstances. So let's talk about um, that for a second because I think one of, the, one of the great testimonies of 2020, probably nobody here has even heard, is from a guy who doesn't even live here, has never been here before. He's one of our faithful radio listeners down in Kentucky. Tell, tell us a story about him. Um, so as many of you know, we fed um, people during all of this. 
as soon as it started, COVID uh, started, restaurants closed down, right? Everything closed down that was non-essential. Um, there were a few that were open. So it became my goal every day, lunchtime, we, whoever was in the building, we ordered lunch for. So the, and we ordered from a small local business, wherever we could do it from. Um, and so one day I had booked with Cafe Rama in Flint that they were gonna bring us uh, lunch. You guys know Josh Spencer, he's a part of Freedom Center Church. And um, it was gonna be great, we had it planned. And then everything got closed down. And, but I felt bad because he had already bought the food for us, he had already, and I'm like, okay, well, I said, here's another thought. What if you take it to the hospital and feed people there? And he's like, oh, good thought. So he took it, and the ER people were so blessed by it because many of them were not even being allowed to leave the hospital. Many of them were working nonstop, and it was just a hard, and all the food places in the hospital were closed down. So if you didn't bring enough food for your shifts, you didn't get food. Well, can right? I also say that there's what's called a mandatory double. If the patient load requires more care than there are workers, by law, a nurse, a doctor, or whatever, they have to do a double shift. And once they're in that, that uh, protective equipment, they don't just take it off to run to McDonald's and come back again. That stuff was really valuable. So you went 16 hours. You worked 16 hours in stressful circumstances, and hopefully you had some, at least one meal with you, but there was more of a need than that. So we planned to do it again the next week, but he's like, hey, can we do it to a different hospital and stuff? And then he got the crazy idea, which if you guys know Josh, he's a big dreamer, right? He called all the hospitals in the area and said, what would it take for us to feed everybody in the hospital and I'm like okay we're just come back um, <laughs> we're gonna do one more of those and then he called and he said hey if we did everybody in the emergency room and just ICU it would be a thousand dollars and I'm like per day per day but that was the first one and I was like okay well I can do 500 and he's like well what about the full thousand I was like dude okay I'm like well I'm gonna pray right my life scripture God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask think or imagine I got on my knees and I started praying God do what only you can do I can't provide 500 bucks I don't got 500 bucks and if I do I'm keeping it because I don't know what's happening and <laughs> we're buying toilet paper <laughs> and ammunition hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> I went to the mail and you guys have heard me say numerous times every day we would go to the post office and open the mailbox and we would just cry with faithfulness from you guys from people that we don't know that that day I opened one and there was a check in it from a family in Kentucky that watches online and I opened it and you will never guess what the amount was $500 and it said for COVID efforts help people yeah. and I was so, I called Josh, I'm like, Josh, I got it, God, God gave it, you know, and um, we were able to do that, but when we did that, that's when Mott Foundation was like, hey, wait a minute, we went in on this too, and so they contacted Josh, and the three of us together connected, and that's where we were able to receive a grant for over $100,000 to feed the medical workers and everything. But it started with just a little seed yeah. that got sown. And yeah. um, one, guy, one guy in Kentucky says, I feel led, $500 is given. That in the end became about $150,000 worth of meals and grants and blessings. And 
How many of you guys know God still multiplies loaves and fish? It's, it's not just something that happened then. It's something God does miraculously now. Yeah. So let, let's talk about another part of the equation because there's the seed, but we also have to talk about the soil. And, and I, no one has ever come to me that I'm aware of and said, I need to know exactly where my dollar goes and how it's spent. But, but I think that might be because we talk about it from time to time. So what, what makes the soil good soil? And, and, and is this that question you should be asking before you put your time, your energy, your talents, your treasures into the hands of those who serve you here, you should know where it's going to go. Unlike Uncle Erz, we should have full disclosure, right? So um, the first thing I would ask you is, do you, do you trust the Lord? Like, again, if you're not doing this in faith, there really isn't much different legally paying your tithe, you know, manipulated through guilt to give your offering. There is no blessing in that. Let me just say it again. I don't think there's any blessing in that whatsoever. I think that God blesses faith, not fear. I think that God blesses obedience, not some sort of compulsive, while she sings in the arms of the angels, I'm showing you pictures of puppies shivering in cages and saying for only $19 a month. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that that people that do that are wrong. I'm saying they are purposely manipulating you. We are trying hard not to purposely manipulate you, but to inform you, right? So you have to trust the Lord or there's no blessing in it. Secondly, is you got to trust the vision. Do you, do you trust, do you agree with? Because the Lord brings us, along with the vision, into unity. God blesses things that are in unity. What I can do individually, what you can do individually is different when we do it together. There's a blessing on it when two do it, or when ten do it, or when a thousand do it. The third question is, do you trust the leadership? Now, I'm not saying, do you trust me, although I'm a part of the equation. I'm saying, do you trust Dina? No, I'm kidding. What I'm saying... <laughs> How things work around here is you, at the annual business meeting, elect from amongst yourselves six people that serve three years, and two come off every year, two are reelected or new ones are elected every year that you choose. The church in November, December, the, the, the administrative board, the pastoral board, the vision, and the business all come together. We submit those numbers to the board that you've chosen, the board of deacons. Then they look at those numbers. They approve or discuss or disapprove of those numbers until there's an agreement from your representation, which sounds democratic. It's not, but it's just, it's accountability. Does that make sense? The vision comes from the, from the pastoral part of that, but the accountability to the, for the vision being done has to come from you as you express your desire through the deacons. Does that make sense? And so we say, this is where we're going to spend money in January of 2021. Then in February of 2021, the, the budget we submitted that they approved has now been spent for one month. We come back with the receipts of where the money was spent for that month. So they approve it before it's spent. They approve it after it's spent. Anything extraordinary, weird, or all of a sudden Jeff Waltz driving a BMW and going to Hawaii every other weekend, we know, right? The other thing I'd say is you trust the leadership. Helen Schrabel has been counting the pennies of this church since I was in seventh grade. So far, she hasn't stolen anything that I'm aware of. Jeff Waltz has been on this staff for 22, 23 years. And, of course, we've been here a long time, too. And the deacons, you trust him. You would not have elected him. So do you trust the Lord? Do you trust the vision? Do you trust the leadership? If so, I would say that's about as good as you can expect from soil nowadays. All right? You've got some verses, babe, that really bear out this whole seed thing. What are, what are some of your favorite verses on this? Uh, Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper, but whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And and again, if these are dollars, it doesn't make any sense. One who gives something away has more. That doesn't make any sense. Seeds, it makes sense. One who sows has more of what was sown. One who gives now has more of what was given. So those scriptures make sense in, in the context 
of that. And I would say that in our lives and probably in yours as well, um, there are people that taught us this. Now, how many of you guys know it's good to read the Bible? As we said two weeks ago, the Word has to take on flesh. And that flesh has to show us what it looks like. We have to see God's glory in it. And then we, when the Word takes on flesh and dwells amongst us and we see the glory of God, and then it's like, I, I would like to be a part of that. And so I know in my life and in your life, we had different people. Can I put this picture up? Okay. Look at this sweet gal. Who is that, baby? You're going to cry. Her name's Lobbit Guyman. No, that's what it says at the bottom of the picture. Uh, that would be my great-grandma. The picture of the little kids would be my sister sitting in the chair, my two brothers, and one of them is holding me. The last time he was nice to you, as I recall. That's, that was it. No, that one was nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And why do we have them up on the screen? Um, because unbeknownst to me, my great-grandma is probably the one who has taught me the most about generosity. And I only learned that because... Um, if you can see, my sister's eight years older than me. My sister got to spend a lot of time with her. She got to go to church with her a lot. She got to have Bible studies with her a lot. And my great-grandma was just everything to my sister. And uh, she passed away before I got to really know her or spend time with her. But the things that she taught my sister taught me. So my sister taught me the most about generosity she had always known from my grandma that you honor God with your finances. That's the first thing you do with your finances. You honor God. And then secondly, what's left, you get to decide what you do with. And then there's a portion that you keep for blessing others, being generous. And um, my sister always lived that way until she got married. And she married a man who um, kind of believed that way. Not really, but... Um, he believed in, he was honoring God by, he would withhold finances, but then he would decide what to do with that money. Like, we took our staff out to Arizona once, and he decided that he was going to take us all out to dinner, and he was going to honor God by paying for our dinner. He was not trusting God or honoring God. That was not good soil, and it was not good seed to be sowing into that. And that would break my sister's heart every time because they were not sowing to the church. It was her husband deciding what he wanted to do to bless God. And she's like, we're not living God's principles. Right. And their and finances were horrible. They truth were be told, he was actually manipulating people. You know, I'll, I'll pay for your golf, I'll pay for your whatever. Hey, I, there's one thing I want you to talk about next month. And he was actually manipulating the leadership of the church through that giving by appearing to be generous, but really was not. And my sister's heart would just break. And she would want to do stuff for, like, me because I'm her baby. If you ask her today, she still dresses me. Um, <laughs> she just has always been that way. And so when I went to college, she would want to send me a care package, and my brother-in-law would say, absolutely not. So she would clean out her pantry, and she would send me a box of half-eaten bags of Doritos. And everything had already been opened that she just wanted to bless with what she had. And then one night, um, this man put a gun to my sister's head and said, even your God can't protect you now. And it wasn't over finances, it was over a whole bunch of stuff. The very next day, she left him. And as she was driving away, she said, God, if you give me a fresh start, I promise to honor you with everything. And... Um, she moved to Oklahoma 
to be with my parents and brothers for a couple of years. And in that time, she had to get a job. And she lived in a one-bedroom apartment. She has two daughters. And those two daughters slept in one bedroom. And my sister, she slept on a bed or on a couch out in the family room, which is a huge step up or down from where she had came from. And she's like, I'll sleep on the floor before I go back to that house. And um, she told the ex-husband, I don't want anything from you but my daughters. And he signed off all rights to his kids to keep his money. Like, that's how precious it was to him. And um, all through that time, she struggled financially. But never once did she not honor God first. As soon as she received a paycheck, she honored God with it. And I just sat there going, what are you doing? I'm like, you need that money. She goes, no, I need God to know that I honor and I trust him with that. And then what she really got me was it rolled around to be Christmas time. And we were like, how are we going to do Christmas gifts for our kids? And we were both working. And she sent my kids gifts. That was pretty humbling because I'm like, how do you do this? She's like, you just trust God with it. That's all you can do is trust God with finance. Because finances aren't a thing to her. They're a tool that God gives her to use. And it's not something that owns her. And so she just, man, she is now married to the most wonderful man. They practice these principles. They live them. And I just watch her life. But it's just those little times when it got hard. And let me tell you guys. When it got hard in our life, like when we were youth pastors and there would be trips come up and the church didn't pay our way, we would take our money that was supposed to go to God and we would pay one of our ways to go on the trip. And I never could figure out, well, why aren't we being blessed and going more and more into debt? And so I'm watching my sister and I'm like, oh, you just, okay. So we started being faithful because I was watching her do that just consistently faithful she's the most generous to this person day. I know yeah to this day she still sends my kids Christmas gifts and they're 30 and 27 <laughs> she um I go see her and she takes me shopping and she's like whatever you want and um she doesn't have to do that right but God has given her such a generous heart that loves people and so I just sat there watching, and then, so I started praying, and I was like, God, I want to be like that. I don't know how. We don't even have the money. I mean, we're doing whatever we can. And you got, she, didn't, she started sending me 50 bucks a month. I'm like, why are you sending me 50 bucks a month? She's like, I just feel like you need it. And I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't know what to do do with this so I couldn't just there was something in me that I'm like I can't receive this so I started looking for needs around the church or I started looking for people who needed clothes for their kids because there were times that our kids were going back to school that we didn't know how they were going to there wasn't a center of hope to go to it wasn't okay God I don't we just have to trust you and so I started looking for those and that's where I started sewing that $50 every month that came every month I would be like okay here and then somebody else started giving me 50 bucks a month. I don't even know who that person was. They just started anonymously leaving me notes with money in it throughout the church. I'm like, okay, God, this is getting weird. Um, so 
again, I started sewing that money because I don't know, I just felt weird about it. I Here, this is money for, you know, shoes, whatever. Um, and then it finally got to the point where God just started bringing all these unexpected blessings our way. And it got to the point where I just said, stop, God, I don't want any more unexpected blessings. I don't no, because I told him, I said, this is getting to be a full-time job, deciding what to do. Because Guys, it was, it was, it was hundreds huge... and hundreds and hundreds of dollars that were coming from nowhere, and she felt this sense to continue planting seeds. Right? God's Word says that if you're faithful with little, He'll give you much. And that was my thing, is, God, I want to be faithful. I want this money to go wherever you want it to go. I don't want this. I just want to be an instrument that you use to bless whoever you want to use it for. And um, and then whenever I said stop, it stopped. Let me tell you, it was like it stopped. And it stopped for years. And I couldn't figure it out. I was like, God, what's going on? Haven't, oh, haven't received a blessing, you know? And I just really felt like God said, you need to repent. Because you didn't trust me. Even when I was sending you it over and above, you didn't trust me with that. And I did. And I had to repent. And now God has just done such incredible things. I mean, that's when we started getting uh, grants from other places. And God has just been so faithful. But let me tell you, none of that would have happened without that woman up there, my great grandma. Yeah. And that's, that's the point, right? It's shown right. to us. It's not, I, we're talking about teaching. We can teach. Yeah, you could read the Bible for yourself. You don't need us to teach you. You know that? But when it comes to the community part of it is not for the teaching, it's not for the, the dissemination of more information, it's for the testimony that resides in the lives of people. And your grandmother, through your sister, to you, and now all of your sons and daughters have that same gene. So she's still alive in a lot of ways. Um, I'm a man blessed with two fathers, my biological dad, uh, Ralph Wiegand, uh, who just is my biological dad. We've proven it now through DNA testing, which is kind of fun. Um, we weren't close. We didn't care for each other. And a lot of it had to do with the way he just saw life. But God gave me a second dad, and that's my stepfather. In first grade, second grade, you know, Dave Olson came into my life, and he raised me. If you don't like my sense of humor, don't blame me. Blame the tree from which the apple fell. He's a nut but he's a generous nut. And uh, every year they'd let the youth come down and stay in the, in the house, you know, and they, they would just leave. They'd leave for a week and the youth over spring break would have this three bedroom home with a pool and all this kind of stuff. And then one year, I remember he came back a little bit early that you guys hadn't quite left yet. And he knocked at the door of his own home, Melanie, the youth pastor's you know, wife at the time opened the door and he said, hi, have you heard the good news of, of Jehovah? And as one of his witnesses, I'd like to share with you and the young people in this home. She said, oh, no, thank you. We're just packing up your leave." He pushed past her and said, well, I'm here to tell everybody as a Jehovah's witness that they're going to hell. And she goes, Jason, Jason. Jason comes around the corner and goes, hey. They start laughing and hugging, you know. He was known for being out in the foyer way and talking to people like Mike Lay, where he would come here, you know, they live in Florida in the Upper Peninsula, but they would, he'd come in and sit in the foyer way and kind of get into a conversation with a stranger because he never met one. And I think, Mike, is right, you told me that, yeah, that he actually said, so what do you think of the pastor here? <laughs> seems, seems like he talks too much. You think that? And Mike was like, you know, where's the camera, you know? And they said, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm Pastor Jim's dad. Uh, about a week ago, he collapsed. He was out walking. He collapsed. 
And uh, Wednesday, he passed away. And I talked to him Monday for the last time. And, and as we were talking, he wasn't supposed to answer the phone. My mom was. But they'd switch phones because they're old. And they all, all look the same. I'm sorry, Mom, I love you. I'm there. You're probably watching right now. We talked about heaven. We talked about God. We talked about medical stuff. He told me my mom wasn't just being brave. She was really okay. And, uh, you know, you don't know how the story's going to end, but it's, it's heading towards a pretty logical conclusion at that time. And at the end of the conversation, the last thing my dad said to me, besides I love you too, talk to you later, son. He, we're we're kind of done with the conversation. He was getting tired, I could tell. So I just said, hey, um, I'll let you go, Dad. He said, okay, okay. Uh, my, your mom will be here in a little bit. Meatloaf here is really good. Meeting lots of nice people. They're putting things into orifices of my body that's uncomfortable. But other than that, it's really good, you know. And uh, he said, hey, one last thing. I said, yeah. I said, hey, uh, did, did that check come for you guys? I said, what, what check? He said, the Kingdom Builders check. We got our government stimulus. And we wanted to make sure we passed it on to you guys. And uh, about 36 hours later, he was with Jesus. And we got the check. And it's part of the total for this year. It'll be added up and given away. My mom was talking to her the day after he passed away, just kind of a son's conversation with him. You know, how are you? Are you really okay? Are you really? And she is. And thank you for your prayers. She really is. But I, I said, you know, the last thing he said to me was talking about kingdom. She goes, oh, yeah, thank you, thank you for reminding me. People are asking, can they give flowers or whatever? I just told them, no, give to kingdom builders. So I, the point of those stories is simply this. Their turn is done. It's our turn now. The room we're sitting in, the property we're on, the missionaries we've sent for 58, 59 years, like everyone who's done that, a lot of them are now with Jesus. The Jesse and Phyllis Moutres, the Edna Stewarts, the Dave Olsons. It, but it's not our turn isn't finished yet. Matter of fact, it may just be the beginning of our turn. And so uh, consider the year that's ahead of us. Consider the year that's behind us. Consider that I just broke my microphone. It's going to be okay. Go ahead, because you can touch my, my butt. I don't like that. Here, you can have your mic back. So with that, I'm going to leave the stage now. And Dean is going to help you out a little bit about understanding what we're going to do from here. We are running short on time, though, and we don't want to rush this, but it's been quite a day, hasn't it? Looking forward to quite a year. Maybe teach us something we don't know. <laughs> So our prayer is that you guys have been talking about these cards with your spouses, that you guys got them last week, that you got the uh, Kingdom Builders guides that we gave out, the project guides. If you didn't get one and you went to, you can ask us on your way out today. But uh, if you didn't bring one prepared, we do have them in all of the seats in front of you. And we are asking everybody to fill one out, every family to fill one out. And listen, we don't care if you write on it. We think y'all are crazy. <laughs> We don't because we want to know if you guys think, because we want to connect with you. We want to answer any questions that you would have. Um, but this is just you saying, this is what I would like to do in 2021 to help Kingdom Builders to reach our goal of $692,500. Because this is the places that ministry happens. But it doesn't mean that you do this instead of doing our general fund, right? Because if you don't do our general fund and be diligent in that and obedient to that, then we don't have a building, which has been a huge blessing this year. We don't have staff, which has been a huge blessing this year. 
So please continue to do that. This is our over and above. This is us saying, okay, by faith I'm going to do this. This is us saying that I want that. I want to be a generous person, right? Because those who are generous refresh others and everything. So I'm going to take a second right here and just walk you guys through it. Uh, you can put up here the date that you would like for it to start because that always seems to be a confusing time for people. Um, the one th or how you would like to give, how often. want to let you guys know that we do receive three to four Kingdom Builders offerings throughout the year. Those are to help with specific projects. So if you say, you know what, I really want to help with Clara's Hope, then you're going to wait till we do the Kingdom Builders for that. But we would ask, we didn't put a spot there, but just put a spot there that says one-time offering or um, whatever. Um, and then we're, you're going to give us yeah, the how often, sorry. I'm from Oklahoma, so Michigan stuff doesn't make sense to me. Um, the bi-weekly, that means twice weekly in Oklahoma, but here it means every other week, I guess. Um, it can actually mean either. I had to Google it because we actually started getting in a fight as a staff over what to do it. Um, then you're going to put your name and your address. Smart Give is, if you want it to come right out of your checking account to Freedom Center Church, that's the way you do that. So we do need your routing number, your account number, um, or if you want to do it through a credit card. We do know that some people like to do the credit card because that's how they receive points. And uh, it does now give you the option as well if you would like to cover the fees. Because, guys, last year we paid over $30,000 in credit card fees. And so, to be clear... That's our, when you give $100, there's three or four or $5 that come out of that. That isn't, we have no debt on credit cards. Just to right. be clear, our church has no, no debt, but we have to pay the portion of your gift to the credit card company for handling the money. So the smart give direct from the, it's like three cent service fee versus a, a 3%. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, all of that is right there. If you want to do the credit card, there's card number and stuff. So give us your signature and phone number. And then there's action steps at the bottom. Some of you may say, you know what, I'm not in a place to do it financially. But here's action steps that I want to take. And I, uh, we do have a membership class coming up February 20th. So if you want to do membership class, you can put that down as well so we know to contact you. Um, get more information on everything. All of it's there for you guys. But I just want to share one last story with you guys. And that was uh, COVID had started. We were doing the mask. We were helping restaurants and everything. And daycare was shut down. And I had a table set up out in the lobby that just, that was my working spot. Because if you saw my office, it's surrounded by lots of people. And he didn't want me there. So put it out there. And one day, a staff member walked up and set down a baggie full of change. And I said, uh, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and they said, some little boy drove up on his bike and said, I don't know if you guys can use this, but I see what you guys are doing, and I cleaned out my piggy bank, and I want to help. I don't know who this little boy was. I don't know if he attended church here. I don't know if he was an angel, God sent. I don't know who he was. And why do I say that? because he brought what he could, just like the widow gave her little amount of oil and what God did with it. We can all do something today. If it's a penny a week, if it's more, 
but we can all play a part because I think we can all see what God's doing here at Freedom Center Church, right? And he's using this to reach the lost at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs, and we are growing and super excited about what God's doing. Online, we are actually putting a link there so you can sign up, which online, you are a huge part of this community. You're our digital church, if you will. And so uh, we want you to be a part of this as well. Those of you that are staying home, everyone should be a part. And again, that's why I'm saying, when you fill out the card, if you think I'm crazy, put it down. I don't care. I'm used to people telling me I'm crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pray for you guys. But if you have not filled one out, you have the card and you need a pen in the room, let us know because we do have people prepared to pass out pens if you need a pen see any hands. I'm going to pray for you guys, but you can drop them in the offering bucket as you leave. Also, we didn't do offering, so if you would like to do your offering by cash or check this morning, you can do it on your way out in the offering bucket. You can also sign up to do it online by going to freedomcenter.church forward slash links and sign up to do all of that as well. So again, we are super excited for what God did in us in 2020, but we know he's not done. There is still 2021 that there is more for us to do. There's more for you guys to grow in. There's more for you guys to learn. There's more for your marriage. There's more for your families. There's more for your kids. And I am ready to take on 2021, even though I know it's going to be painful. Because growth is always painful, right? So you guys ready for this? Amen. God, we thank you today for what you're doing at Freedom Center Church. And we thank you, God, that we get to be a part. God, when I look at what you did in 2020, and so many churches had to close down because they just couldn't keep the doors open. And yet here we are, God, we're still going. And it's because of generosity of people sitting in this room, generosity of people watching, God. The Kentucky family that didn't even know there was a need and they sent the check. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for the little boy who came and brought what he had because he just wanted to be a part. So, Father, I pray right now that you would speak loudly to us what our part is. And we just give you all the glory for all of it. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last thing is this. Um, it's, it's funny. I... I got this years ago, but did you know that good people don't go to heaven? Did you know that bad people don't go to hell? Most people don't know that, but it's true. So who goes to heaven, who goes to hell? It's simple. There's no good people in heaven. There's only forgiven people in heaven. And, and I don't know why, but that changed everything for me when I understood that because I wasn't a good person trying to be good enough to earn something when I realized heaven's not for good people, it's for forgiven people. Everybody can be forgiven. And I asked, God said yes. And he became my heavenly father that day. Before we leave here today, I simply want to do this. If you're here today, like I, did, I didn't really come to hear about kingdom builders. I, I was just hoping someone tell me about God. God loves you so much that he's done all the heavy lifting for us. He really has. And that was required is not for us to die, but to receive that he died for us. It's not for us to live some perfect life. It's to believe that he gave his perfect life for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can spend eternity there's a word called justification or justified. We're justified by grace through faith. In other words, God gives us when we just say we trust you, he makes it just if I'd never sinned before him. Justified. Just if I'd never sinned. So, Father, in the closing moments, I just pray. Is there anybody here today, God, that needs to say yes to you? 
It's not been we focused on, but it's been the heart of this church since day one. Please, God, today we pray, bring people home. Bring people home. Prodigals and the lost, God, bring them home. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Very simple in the end. Jim, that's me. I'd like to give my life to Jesus today. A simple act of faith. God knows that your hand is attached to your heart. And when you raise that hand, God sees not just a lifted hand, but an open heart. If you're here today and you're like, you know what, I, I'd like to give my life to God today as he's given his life for me. I'd like to be forgiven. I, I, want, I want Jesus. If that's you right now, with that hand that's attached to your heart, would you simply raise it and say, that's me today right now all over this room. Father, for every uplifted hand, there's an open heart. Fill it now, we pray. Fill it now, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You believe we changed the world today? I do too. Let you stand to your feet. Children of God, kingdom of light, you're going to be dismissed rapidly to get your children. If you have kids here and someone says, hey, you got a minute? The answer is no. No, I don't have a minute. I have a child. You got to grab them because we got to spray down stuff and get ready for the next group that's coming in. So uh, those are to be dismissing. You're going to do it right now. Guys, get a hold of them. Follow me. Let me hear your voice. You can't go until you're dismissed. So who's dismissing them? Yeah, whoever's dismissing them. They're doing it? All right. They're doing it. Good. Good, good, good. God bless you guys. We'll let you know more about what happened today in the weeks to come. We look forward to seeing you again soon.